ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. TPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talks Amy. Travis Damon, welcome to ATV Talk, brother. How are you, man? How you doing? Thanks for having me back. Oh, uh, you know, it's my pleasure. Um, so Saturday night, you had a big night. Uh, tell me a little bit about that before we get rolling with everything else. Yeah, drove out to Prim for the 2021 banquet and uh, accepted the third place trophy for the championship on the Pro ATV. And I mean, it was a good time throwing out some free goodies to the kids and watching them get crazy and throw elbows for some T-shirts and stuff. So. That was a good night. That's awesome. So what was it like jumping up there on the podium and, and, and taking that trophy? It was cool. It felt a little weird being on the quad side just because, I mean, it's, it's a little new, but it was it was cool to be up there, and I was stoked. And actually, uh, I gave away a couple of jerseys, one for the MC side and one for the quad side, so that was cool too. What? what? You gave away jerseys, and I still haven't got one? <laughs> oh, yours is on its way. Oh, yeah. now you say that. <laughs> I see how you are. Yeah. No problem, brother. No problem. That's awesome. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that you had a good time and enjoyed that because it's uh, quite the accomplishment. Um, I was talking to um, Mark Nottam, um, the mechanic for uh, Walker Fowler and Hunter Hart, mm-hmm. and he said that was a pretty impressive thing you did in Prim there in the final round. That's cool. That's pretty cool. Well, dude, three and a half hours when everybody else only had to ride an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a long day, but it was worth it for sure. Nice way to cap off an amazing season. Oh, yeah. So that being said, let's roll back a little. I know we've covered this on another show, but let's roll back to the beginning of the year and have a suit round one. Start from there. Round one coming into Havasu, um, wasn't really sure how the year was going to go. And uh, I actually got off to a good start at that race, but um, I believe that was the race my motor went halfway through. I was sitting in second and the motor popped. And then my buddy Dane actually towed me around the track enough times to get me my points for that race. So shout out to Dane for grabbing the tie strap out of the pits and pulling me around the course. That's pretty awesome. So you got points for that race. Mm-hmm. What place did you end up? Do you remember? I think with actually a lot of people broke in that race. So I think I ended up fourth in that race anyway with the toe in. So it ended up being a pretty good weekend, but not exactly how I wanted to finish it. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we rolled into Canyon round two. In Canyon round two came in with a uh, different motor and, uh, Ended up popping that motor as well. I started the race with only fourth and fifth gear available in the tranny and uh, held it in third for a while. And then the the top end went and it was over from there. And that was a perfect round for you to to break that podium barrier because everybody Mm -hmm. seemed to have problems. You know, Huff had problems. Bo had problems. Sloan had problems. 
Yeah. You know, that left you as a contender for the, for the top spot and your teammate got it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that race was a wild card for sure. It was, there was drama going on left and right. People pulling into the pits, changing tires and, and all that stuff. Yeah. That was that you just normally don't see that at a, at a works pro race. It just normally, yeah, it was, it was wild. So what happened in round three? What was round three? <laughs> Is that Taft? Um, was it Taft? Or was that Havasu again? I think it was Havasu again. I think that was when, um, what's his name? Gallagher came out for Havasu, right? I thought he was there for round one. Hmm. Yeah, I went, it went I Havasu, Canyon Havasu. Yeah. And I think that one I got third, but I ran out of gas battling for second. Right. And I ended up getting, I limped it into, um, I ran out of gas going through the transponder chute and I pushed it a little bit and then flipped it onto reserve. And I got to the, uh, got to the pit and got some gas and then made it, made my way back up to third at that race. So so you were doing okay, got yourself on the box for the first time mm-hmm. that, that year. Um, and, but you had, you still had an engine issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, this season's definitely been a learning curve. Um, I think around that race is when we started talking to you about prepping the bikes and your brother building the motors. And, uh, I mean, the rest of the season kind of eliminated those issues out of the, out of the playbook. So you had, you have a huge learning curve because you're battling, you know, experienced racers like Bo and Sloan and, and Huff, um, you know, Kenny Sanford's got experience on you. Um, if I'm forgetting somebody, I apologize. You know, you got Jacob Stevens in the mix now, who's an experienced quad guy and your, your rookie debut puts you as the number three spot. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you raced a little bit in 2020 on the quad. Yeah, I did the uh, second half of the season in 2020. And actually I got, I think I got on the podium two or three times for the end of that season. So it was pretty good. It was, uh, definitely built my confidence up a little bit to go for the next season. Well, what do you think this number three does for your confidence? I know now I want more. Right, right. What what is what do you think one of the best lessons learned about this year is for you? Uh the quads. The quad I feel like this year on the quads, I learned a lot more patience on the bike. And I it transferred over to the two wheels as well. But every time I'd get impatient on the quad and make a mistake, it was it cost me a lot. Whether breaking the bike or getting stuck in rocks and losing positions and then getting so far back, I couldn't fight back up to a podium position. So I definitely learned a lot more, um, just riding more patient and just taking my time to go through things instead of just smashing into it and hoping for the best. (laughs) That's a good thing to do Um, on the, on the bike side, you, you gained some strength. I see uh, Mm -hmm. riding the quad. How, how did the bike side break down for you this year? The bike side break, broke down pretty good. Um, I stayed really consistent with my finishes this year. Uh, my patience paid off, and I got through. There was a couple of pro sections where you had to be patient and just pick your way through, and I got through that and just um, didn't push myself, didn't push myself, uh, staying off the ground and everything, and, and it ended up me in the fourth-place spot for the championship on the bikes, and I think that's pretty damn good for a framer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're a privateer, right? Yeah, full privateer, frame, uh, framer, and, and quad rider. So we got it all going on over here. Exactly. How much, uh, well, you can't call your necessarily self on the quad a privateer because you kind of have a factory ride. I got a better setup on the quads than I do the bikes for sure. You know, you, 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 you have a company called low profile motorsports that owns your machine. Mm-hmm. You have somebody that preps your machine and all you do is, is ask a couple sponsors for help and, and throw your leg over and go ride. Yeah. Yeah. The quad, the quad setup's real good. It's uh, 
It's definitely a blessing. So um, I'm going to get back to the motorcycle question here in a second, but what would you, what would you say to Humberto, um, the owner of low profile motorcycles, if he was here right now? I couldn't do it without him for sure. And uh, without his support in the beginning, I don't know if I would still be racing quads because of the cost. And um, I definitely appreciate all the help he's given me and the opportunities for sure. I mean, me and you wouldn't be working together. I wouldn't have that number three trophy sitting in the living room right now. And uh, just all the good times and memories for sure. I mean, I'm friends with all those guys. There's a little bit of a language barrier, uh, language barrier. But I mean, every time we're hanging out, we're having a good time eating some tacos and go ride their track up in San Diego and stuff. So I definitely appreciate those guys for sure. That's pretty awesome. I, I have a good, I enjoy hanging out with them as well. My wife being from Guadalajara helps because she yeah. talks to them and, and I just have to stand there and smile. You know, uh, I don't, I don't have to say much, you know, I just, I try to, I try to work hard and make mm-hmm. sure that your bike is as good as it possibly can uh, so that we can stay, keep, keep doing it. You know, mm-hmm. they are, they are um, performance based. Mm-hmm. How we, how we perform is how well their package for you is going to be. Yeah. You know, and they, they like it to look good too. They like the bling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we all, we have those little, discussions about this part and that part and they just mm-hmm. like black yeah black and yellow you know how do you how do you make black look good road bike. <laughs> yeah, <SC1. laughs> that's my secret that's true it does make it look good but it it makes my job really really hard to keep mm-hmm. to keep it going you know as we roll into talking back about the bikes, um, you know, always making sure that we thank Low Profile Motorsports for their input and Humberto and and all the guys there. They're all great. You know, Roberto, uh, your teammate, he's a great guy as well. He's even helped with some of the development. I know that. Mm-hmm. But as we roll into talking about your motorcycle program, didn't you beat factory Honda and Kawasaki guys? Yeah, every race. Every race I was out there beating them and battling with them. And yeah, because you – there was two factory KTM guys and a factory Honda guy on the podium at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And then you. And then me. And then we have some couple uh, Husky guy behind me, some Yamaha guys. Wow. Wow. That's kind of rough, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's different. I'm definitely one of a kind, I feel like. What do the motorcycle guys say to you about racing the quad? Uh, some of them think it's pretty cool. Some of them like, what are you doing, dude? Why are you messing around on the quad? But I've, I've gotten a lot of compliments like, dude, we think that's badass that you can go kill it on both. And I've seen some respect from their side as well from it. So it feels good when, uh, when they say, like, good job, dude. It's pretty cool seeing you on both of them. And- well, do they ever make the cross-reference between Baron? And the motorcycle side as well? Maybe, but a lot of them never really raced with Baron on the bikes. So I don't know if they quite know him that well. Yeah. And most of them don't even realize that he goes and races during the the bike races. He's there racing, you know. Yeah, Bo parks over by himself and hangs out with his buddies. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not a factory gig. Why would you why would you not? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's pretty awesome. So what do the ATV people do when they, when you start delving into, to, to becoming what you are now, one of the guys in the pro class? They've been real supportive. A lot of them, they're, they're stoked that I'm there and I'm stoked to be there. Um, I've had a lot of support. A lot of people come up, shake my hand say, thanks for coming out. Thanks for giving it a try, stuff like that. It's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. So what do you think the future holds for you in works or racing period? Because didn't you guys win Vegas Torino this year? Yeah. Yeah. We won Vegas Torino, me, Bo and uh, uh, Roberto. How, how, what do you think of the desert? It's fun. I like it on the quad too. It's a little more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> stand up more. Yeah. You need to stand yeah. up. 
Oh, you got a squat low. Aerodynamic. Aerodynamic. <laughs> well, when you're out front, your aerodynamics aren't as important. Yeah. Just out of the dust was nice. Yeah. Did you guys just lead the whole thing? No, we uh we started, I want to say we were one of the last squads to start. So we had to battle up through the pack. And then um, I want to say around pit three, we got the lead on time. And then by pit four, I think we were physically in the lead as well. Really? Mm-hmm. And then just for the rest of the day, just cruised it yeah, home? the rest of the day, we'd get off the quad and we'd tell each other, just finish, just finish. Don't do anything dumb, just finish. It, wasn't that Bo's first big win in the desert as well? I don't know. I don't know. I want to say it was. I think it was too. Because we I don't remember we almost won the Silver too. State a couple years ago, but we uh, missed a pit and ran out of gas, kind of. Oops. How did yeah. You know that? Uh, I, well, I, was, I was actually on the quad, and we got to the pit, and I beat, the, I beat them to the pit. And instead of getting gas, I was kind of confused. I was like, maybe there's another pit coming up and they're at that one. So I took off and then it was like, I had barely enough gas. There was somebody out there and they had a gas tank from their weed whacker or something in the back of their truck. They threw it in my tank and we made it to the next pit. You are so lucky. Oh yeah. <laughs> you could still be sitting out there. Oh, I know. It was out in the middle of nowhere, big dry lake bed. I'm like trying not to go full throttle, just like cracking the throttle once I got up to speed. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But but it's a lot of fun, right? Oh, yeah. It was a blast. And yeah. it was, I mean, the desert races on the quad, too, like all those corners, you could just drift them for like, you feel like you're drifting for a half a mile. That's so awesome. Um, you also run uh, tire blocks in, in all of your ATV stuff, right? Yes. And you, you, you learned a very valuable lesson in Glen Helen, didn't you? Yeah, you got you to gotta make sure those things are in good shape. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I just assumed that you knew that you had to take them over there, and that's what I get for assuming. <laughs> you know, yeah, we, we learned that one the hard way. Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm prep guy, not race guy mm-hmm. um, at this point. And you roll it out and you just, I just assume that, um, that you're going to get, um, those things handled. And, you know, I also forget that you also on the ATV, UTV weekends, you run the tow rig to bring people in off the track, right? Yeah, I'm the full-time hooker car driver. So if anybody's breaking out there, I got to go pick them up. So what's the craziest thing you've seen doing that? It depends. Uh, there was Taft. One time, Bo got stuck on the side of a hill, and then Dane got stuck trying to pull him out. So I hooked up to the front of Dane and almost flipped the hooker car backwards in a wheelie, and then when it came down, it ripped Dane's quad in half. Whoa. <laughs> so we see some crazy, we do some crazy stuff like that. And then uh, one time in Havasu, this guy was just way out into the bushes off the track. And we had to like wait till the end of the day to even get him out, bring a dozer back there, flip him with the hooker car. Like it was a, we get in some messy situations sometimes. Wow. I didn't realize that it got that crazy. Oh yeah. And nobody got hurt in those incidents, right? No, not that I know of. Not Dane didn't get hurt on his quad when you ripped it in half? No, but he got scared. And then we <laughs> got in trouble by Randy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are worse things, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, we got Bo out, though. Did he get to finish the race? Or once you hook on, is, is his day done? Yeah, once I hook up to somebody, their day's done. And that's probably in the rules unless otherwise stated, right? Yeah. Can, can do you have the ability to uh pull fix help somebody and then let them continue racing? Do you get to make that call? Yeah, we do sometimes like um uh Jesse Jesse Nelson, he can't get out of his car, so we're allowed to help him. 
and then get him if he can continue racing like if his car is not broken we can get him unstuck or whatever and then uh we we allow his pit crew to come out and like change his belts and stuff because he's not able to stuff like that so you work with those guys and and take Mm -hmm. care of it i was not aware of that that's that's pretty good that you guys have that foresight to see that situation and be able to address it yeah that's pretty cool do you ever have to pull any of the atv stuff off any of the atvs off actually um in i think it was iron mine there was a three-wheeler that lost its wheel and i couldn't tow him without dragging everything and messing this thing up so we like shoved his front wheel into the bumper and then had a chain to like keep the quad straight but we lifted it all up all crazy and we got him out that way. And then every once in a while, like a quad will lose a tire and we'll throw him in stuff like that. That's, that's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So you get a whole spectrum of the industry. You work with the motorcycles, the UTVs, the ATVs, as well as working for work. So, mm-hmm. so you get a whole dose of, of everything. Yeah. Get a little insight on all the, all the different disciplines. Have you ever thought about driving a UTV? I've actually raced one once at the UTV World Finals, I want to say 2017 or 2018, maybe. Which, and I, I don't know about doing that. It's not for me. Not crazy? Not not thrill-seekingly enough? I just don't like you're just trapped in that seat. You bottom out and you can't use your legs or nothing. You're just taking it to the back. You think maybe shock setup would have helped? I was in like a super old wildcat. So that probably didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, you didn't read the disclaimer before you got in. No, I just went for it. Uh, nobody drives this car in the races for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I got, uh, I got as far as the first corner on the, um, the off-road track and someone hit me and then my rear shock was broken, but I, I didn't really know. So I kept driving. And I ended up tearing up a belt and then breaking the rear shock off. And I was like, this is dumb. I didn't even make it two laps. (laughs) (laughs) So talk to me about your dad got to watch the finals in Prim. Mm -hmm. Oh, he was stoked because he's never really seen me race the quad besides in Havasu. And Havasu is kind of different to watch anyway, but. I mean, he watched the bikes. He's getting all nervous about the K rails and stuff. Doesn't want me to get messed up on him. And then, uh, and then he just like he couldn't believe that I was going to go back out there after the bikes, uh, two hours on the bike, and I was getting an IV in my trailer in between races. And like he was just like, "Wow, dude, like you're gnarly." <laughs> but it was pretty. It was pretty cool to be able to have my parents there. They they don't get to come to much races anymore, so it was cool to have them there. And after you came off the track after you oh, rode the quad mm-hmm. they were stoked he was so stoked he's like couldn't believe i had that much energy left in me and that much fight on the track so it was a it was a proud moment for sure did you know that hunter hart was 10 seconds behind you when you got the white flag there was one section in the back of prim and i was like by the railroad tracks and every lap i could see him coming down the straightaway coming down the straightaway and there was a corner at the end and then one lap i came around and he was at that corner already i was like no you're supposed to be at the straightaway so i i, I seen him coming for sure and i knew i had to pick it up but i couldn't pick it up too much and then totally ruined my last lap so i just kind of kept him in sights and he ended up making a mistake on the k rails and I benefited from that for sure because I was going to get into a battle. I wasn't sure if I was going to win. How much fight do you think you had? Halfway through the race, I didn't think I had any more, but then every lap I ended up digging a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper and made it happen for sure. It was was a race that I had to pep talk myself through. So the conversations that you had – with building that mental toughness and, and focus, do you, mm-hmm. how much, how much play did that, did that come in or how much did that play into the day for you, even on the motorcycle? It played a lot. Cause the motorcycle, I had some, I had a great start at some good battles and I had to tell myself like, dude, you got another race after this. You need to chill out. Like, 
you just need to grab your couple of points that you need to secure your spot and just get on with this race and then handle some business in the next race. Cause I knew I had to beat Kenny cause me and Kenny were right there. Well, he was nine points or 12 points behind you. Mm-hmm. you had a little bit of breathing room, not a lot. I mean, you couldn't have given up five spots, but yeah. you know, um, he ended up fifth, uh, which is right in his wheelhouse where he normally finishes. And he rode way better than normal. He was, he was putting it down. He mm-hmm. wanted to beat those East coast guys. Oh yeah. Because at the end of the race, he wasn't that far behind Josh Merritt, mm-hmm. you know, which they were only what, 15, 20 seconds back from you. Yeah. It, it actually, um, I feel like we gapped out a little bit in the middle of the race, but towards the end, everybody tightened back up again. So we, yeah. we ended up being pretty close towards the end. Do you think? Do you think that Bo was trying to make a statement with those guys? He didn't want. He didn't want them thinking that they could come there and rule his world. Oh, of course he was. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 go ahead. It's the Bo show. Well, yeah, well, it's not only there's not only Bo out there. There's of course a, a number yeah. of you guys out there. I don't um, think Bo wants West Coast or East Coast. He doesn't want anybody beat them. Oh no, he is for being the nice guy that he is. He is, mm-hmm. you know, he's not a poor sport when he gets beat, but that eats at him. Oh yeah, he'll go home and that's all he thinks about while he's training or wrenching. Well, to hear him tell it, he never trains. He's only wrenching. Yeah. I see photos of him. I see new photos of him all the time on something. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it it's a little uh, it, it's a little deceiving. I'd, I'd like to know. I'd like to be a fly on his wall for a, a month or so just to see what his program is like. Yeah. Plus, he's got years of experience. That, that's probably helping him a little bit. Um, I heard he's going to drop one of the cars. Yeah, that yeah, that's what he was saying. Did did he get on the podium for both of the cars that he raced? I want to say he did. Wow! But yeah. I don't know. He was on the podium a lot. He was up there for his vet class on the bike. He was up there for the quad side by side, and I'm not sure if he got. I know he was on side by side pro stock but I'm not sure that did he win it that I don't know either. <laughs> you, went <laughs> you were having your own celebration, right? Yeah. I was throwing stuff at kids too. <laughs> <laughs> so let's not get that out. Let's not that let that out. You know, that you were throwing stuff at them. Oh, they love it. T-shirts from a long distance away. Yeah. T-shirts, duffel bags, knocking people's bottles over. <laughs> How many beers did you have to buy? No, and I kept running. <laughs> That's too funny. That's too funny. <laughs> so the banquet was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, it was a good time. Good food there too. That's excellent. That's excellent. I, I missed. I didn't get to go. Um, I, I probably would have really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been to a few in my day. There always seemed to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Where do you see yourself going next year? On like the ATV or? But we could go bike first. On the bike next year. I just want to keep the momentum I've been building. Um, I feel like mentally I've been getting stronger, been working on that and, uh, and physically as well. I've been riding a lot more. Um, been riding with like Brandy and my buddy Dane got a bike. So we've been riding a lot of like enduro stuff just having some fun and kind of getting a little a fresher look at everything. So um, I picture myself still battling near the top five. I want to, uh, I'd really love to get a podium. So I got, I got a couple little goals that I want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, that putting yourself consistently on the podium for a, a motorcycle class is, is a realistic goal? I don't know. I don't want to say no, and I don't want to say yeah. I want to uh, – if it comes, it comes. But if I can do it once, I could do it again. 
I agree with that. I agree with that. Is it easier to race the quad or easier to race the motorcycle? Right now, I think it's easier to race the quad. Why? It's fresh. It's fun. Um, I haven't been doing it as long, so I feel like I, I might get a little more excited for it. Do you think that there's some, some mental burnout on the motorcycle, maybe? There might be. I've had a couple of difficult seasons, whether it was bike troubles or body, stuff like that, mentally just broken down on them. So I think the quad, like, it's kind of just fresh and it's, it's exciting. So I, I think it's actually helped, like, me get more excited to race the bike as well. Um, Is there a chance that if you wouldn't have started doing the quad, you would have maybe retired? No, I don't think I would. I love racing too much. I couldn't picture myself doing anything else. <laughs> like, well, what would I do with all this free time? Work more? <laughs> Build more houses. Yeah, I probably would end up doing it. I got to keep myself busy. Do you have a? Do you have trouble sitting still? Like, oh I yeah, do? yeah. If I can't, I can't relax on the couch. I'm like, oh, the movie's over. Back down to the garage. Do you? Do you do participate in any other kind of sports or do you like any other kind of sports? Um, I enjoy, uh, like downhill mountain biking, stuff like that. No, we got to go up. So you don't like to pedal up. I mean, pedaling's fine, but it's a lot more fun when you sit on the chair and then go back down. (laughs) (laughs) It's cheating. You know, that's called cheating. It, it's it's speed with views. You get the view as you go up. Like, oh, wow, look at that. And then you get the haul ass back down the hill. <laughs> nice. I have always tried to make sure I did the up mm-hmm. to earn the down. Yeah. You know, because my fat ass needs to go up. <laughs> I need to pedal up, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, the, the, I loved getting out and riding the mountain bike all the time, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially you drive off into, or you ride off into countryside that nobody gets to see. Yeah. I mean, there's a select handful of people riding back there. I just don't even think people realize that the the wonders of nature, when you're riding out there, you get to see it when you go down you're not checking it out, but when you go up, you know, Mm -hmm. you look around and, you know, as you're gasping for air, trying not to have a heart attack. Yeah. Drinking all your water. <laughs> yeah. That, well, every time you drink water, though, you got to breathe harder. Yeah. Stop breathing when you're drinking. So that messes you up. You know, I wait to drink when I'm at the top when I don't, when I don't have to pedal no more. Mm-hmm. But th- yeah, that's a lot of fun. Uh, no, mo- no other road bike stuff or, uh, you know, motorcycles, no MotoGP, no NASCAR, F1, nothing like that. No, I, uh, I do like a motocross race every once in a while. How do you fare on the motocross stuff? I do pretty decent. They definitely have a quicker, uh, like right out of the gate sprint speed. And then I usually end up catching back up towards the end of the race. Um, like it, at races like Mammoth where those guys are hauling the mail up there. I, uh, I'm about mid pack, like top 10. Is, is, is there a chance that you would go that direction? for outdoor stuff um i've always wanted to race one uh southwick is the track on my mind i've always wanted to race so it'd be cool to go uh qualify for that one day or try to what about glenn helen no me and glenn helen have too many bad memories (laughs) Uh, i hear that i got that t-shirt too yeah i've had some of my worst crashes there (laughs) I've lost, I've lost races that were essentially one and over. Mm-hmm. Oh, there. So I, I, I get, I get the feeling. Yeah. You know, it, it, you have places. So your favorite place to race the bike. Favorite place to race the bike right now. Don't say have a suit. All right. <laughs> well, it was probably, I mean, it's sand hollow is always my favorite but I'm bummed we don't get to race there anymore. Uh, I'd have to say it's probably a a mix between Havasu or Mesquite on the bike. 
I like why don't we not to interrupt you, but why do we not to get to go to San Hollow anymore? The park is uh I don't know if they're against it, but they don't want to have races there because they make more money with the tour groups that go there and then leaving the park open for everybody else during the weekends than shutting it down for the race. One weekend a year. I know. That was the coolest race ever because it was real off-road. They didn't have to water. They didn't have to groom. It was super fast, but they had all these crazy rocks. It was I loved that track. I personally didn't like San Hollow that much as a mechanic standpoint, but as a draw for a place to go, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, if you talk to people, I'd say it's right down the middle. Either everybody loved it or they hated it. It wasn't a spectating track for sure. No, in one year we went there with the quads. I don't know what it was like with the bikes, but they hauled more kids out of there mm-hmm. in the white box than, than, than they did bring them in, in in campers. It was crazy. Every race they were taking somebody. Yeah, it was it was definitely a sketchy race, but you had to it tested your memory. You had to hit your lines every single lap. So you knew exactly what was there because those rocks were I mean, it's the sand and the rock is the same color. So it's real hard to see it. It's just like racing Baja when you go through some of the washes, the rocks are the, the round rocks are hidden mm-hmm. the same color. And, you know, bing, oops, that didn't do me good. Riding the front wheel for a couple of feet now, <laughs> you know, or parked because you know you you flattened the bottom of the rim or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's so, so many crazy different things that you could experience. Yeah. What makes mesquite mesquite? I mean, so it, it it's treacherous. I mean, everybody knows about Havasu because you have rocks, whoops, and turns, and whoops, and mm-hmm. rocks, more turns. And then, did I say it had whoops? Yeah, it um, has, I think it has a couple whoops. Yeah, and then it has more turns, and then there's whoops in the turns. Yeah, and, and then deeper whoops inside those smaller whoops. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you get your fill of sand whoops and rocks at Havasu, yeah. but then you go to Mesquite, and it's got this bitchin' motocross track. And then they send you out into hell. Yeah. Just like sugar sand with big square edges underneath it. And then like this year, it wasn't as fast as it usually is. It's usually a lot faster. So I feel like it just got way deeper this year because we're all in that same whoop, just pounding every lap. And it seemed like every day that we practiced on it, it was different too. It didn't stay consistent. Was that bikes or both quad and bike? Both quad and bike. We went there one year, I think it was in 04, and the whoops were so big, you could turn a Volkswagen upside down, <laughs> put them inside of them. Oh, yeah. They were just horrible. Yeah, Mesquite gets crazy. And then they have a new owner there now, so that it's it was a really good prep. And then next year when we go, that whole track's going to be, the moto track's going to be flipped around and different. Why? Because it's so cool the way it is, isn't it? Yeah, but he wants to incorporate a couple of more hill sections in the motocross. So I'm hoping it's going to be real good. That that I can say I could see that would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It that track always grabs some spectators too. Yeah, maybe we'll be able to get to step out of the motocross track instead of doing that step down into it. That would be awesome. Uh, we went to Idaho and raced, mm-hmm. and the plateau on the top. You know, it was kind of a flat where you rode back in the fire roads and stuff. I don't even remember most of the stuff back there because it was all kind of like graded fire roads. Well, when you dropped into the little valley where the main portion of the track was, there was one year you going down a fire road wide open and you just, it dropped away and you were into the valley and you're straight, just straight drop off into the road you know and as it gradually went down you grab your tires gradually caught dirt again and you just kept going you never even lifted you just know? a floater oh yeah <laughs> you don't even realize you, you didn't gain as much height as you think you would but you had such air time because as it's dropping you know you're only 
a few feet off of the ground, but you just go and go and go and go. And then you land and it would be a straight shot right to the center mound that was almost as tall as each side. And that's, I wrote a KFX 700 and at the top, the, the fast four fifties would catch air and clear it and then land on the downside. That 700 was so heavy that it barely would catch air. The motor would go. Woo! And then I would grab as I was going down just on the crest of the top. Mm-hmm. It was it, that, that place was a lot of fun. I think it was Payette. Payette, Idaho. I think that's where it was. I'd have to go back and look at some of the results from back then. It was it was a pretty cool place. That sounds cool. Uh, Havasu's always been my favorite, mm-hmm. just because it separates the men from the boys. Yeah, yeah. Havasu, it's all or nothing on that track. You got to be, you got to be wide open, or you're rolling everything because you can't get that. There's no like mild speed you can hit anything for it to flow right. You know, I think that's the only place that somebody's consistently beat Bo. Yeah. You know, I think Sloan beat him there three times. Mm-hmm. Once he had a, an issue with a chain, and then the other two times, I think that uh, Mike just beat him. Mm-hmm. You know? It, it, it's crazy. That's because Bo just doesn't get beat. Yeah. Any, you know, you, you just don't go out and smoke the guy. Um, uh, well, I don't think, I don't think Mike smoked him at those races. He just, just won, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, that's pretty good. What it was your take on going to Idaho next year? I'm cool with it. Uh, I'm stoked that it'll, they'll have some corn up so that everybody can't get, they can't kind of scrub all the corners and straighten everything out. Oh, they're not gonna they're not gonna plow it, or you have different year. Different well, it's uh, it's towards the end of the year, so they'll have a little bit more water in the ground, and then um, it's like right before they're gonna cut all that corn and alfalfa, so everything's gonna be real tall. So it's gonna be kind of like racing through a maze. So that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that's different. I hope they put some jumps in there. Yeah, some speed checks or something. Yeah, you think Randy's gonna get a little more inventive, make it a little more competitive. I think so, because uh, we were talking to – because the same guy that owns that track owns uh, Mesquite MX now. Mm-hmm. So he's, he said that he wanted to make it a little more interesting for next year, and me and Dane were kind of throwing some ideas at him. So if he grabs a couple of those ideas and puts them down, it'll be real good. That's cool. That's really cool. I hope that I hope that, that happens, mm-hmm. you know, just to make it wider, make it more pass-orientated, you know, less follow the leader. Yeah. So if you were going to talk to some young riders of either discipline, mm-hmm. what would you tell the motorcycle kids about the quad kids? About the quad kids? Yeah. And I don't know. They're, uh, they're almost the same, but they're different. I feel like the quad people are really uh, inviting. Like, I mean, the bike people are too, but pretty laid back, I'd say the ATV side is. I think the mo- the dirt bike side, sometimes they get all into, like, my kid's Ricky Carmichael. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it just seems a little bit more laid back on the quads. And then, um, I don't know, it'd be, it'd be pretty cool if everybody could respect each other. Well, you know, I, I mean, I love the big weekends where they have everybody together. Mm-hmm. Problem being is when you see the guys riding in the pits, it's generally not the ATV guys. No, it's just pit bikes everywhere. <laughs> well, yeah, and most of them are motorcycle people. Mm-hmm. And there's a big sign that says no pit bikes. Yeah. You know? Well, that, it's going to be worse next year because they're going to have pit bike races every Friday night. Oh, nice. At yeah. both rounds, at the side-by-side quad round and the uh, bike rounds. You know you're banned from all of those, right? Oh, I'm not getting on them. I'm way too old for that. Yeah, you're banned from them. <laughs> I got the Grom. I'm chilling on that thing. Yeah, you, you're you're done. Yeah, yeah. I'm, pulling you, I'm pulling your permission slip. <laughs> I'm yeah. not even, I can't even buy one right now. They're the same price as a 450. 
Isn't that crazy? It's insane. I remember selling mine, shoot, five, six years ago to buy new gear. And I got like 400 bucks for one of them. And now they're freaking astronomical. Yeah. They should have held on to them. I could have got some real money for them. <laughs> oh, you didn't know, right? Yeah. That's I, I, I all the stuff. I, I mean, I have I've said this before, but I have four LT80s out in the shop for my grandkids. And mm-hmm. yes, I need to work on my grandkids' bikes. So be a good grandpa and get them done. But, you know, if I'm working on that, I'm not working on the cool bikes, you know, that are going to get used for uh, racing or, or other stuff. So mm-hmm. I like those, uh, what are they, TRX 90s? Yeah, you see the videos of those guys racing? But that turkey derby? That looks so cool. Oh, yeah. I don't even know. Was that Hetrick there? Yeah, Hetrick and um, a couple of the other guys that raced with them. They're blitzing those things. Oh man, we need to. We need to. We need to have a race with those. Oh yeah, those yeah. things are pretty cool. I, I I'd be game to crash one. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I don't I don't have skill set, so we're just gonna <laughs> go there and throw it away in the first turn. Yeah, it'd be fun I'll, though. Hey, I wasn't first, but nobody else beat me out. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't win, take out someone that can. Right. Exactly. You know, I can't beat any of you guys. So I'm going to take the whole field out in the first turn. <laughs> I'm aiming for nerf ball. I'll just go, Randy, you better call the medic. <laughs> this is going to get ugly. <laughs> oh, man. I, I wish I had skills, you know, uh, to, because you guys ride – so good i mean you, you watch bo and, and and mike and you and uh logan and all of those guys the, the skill set is just you, you guys are riding at a higher level i think than we've seen in a while and, and and it's really good just just from when i started on the quads till this year i feel like everybody's come up a couple of levels it's it's been pretty cool to see that transition with everybody pushing each other. Like even both said, like, I might have to start working. You guys are coming up. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's getting slower. I mm. think the field is getting faster. Yeah. You know? And um, yeah, I know he's 41, but he's still got mad skill. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of kids, um, a couple of kids announced that they're going to go into the pro class next year from the pro-am. Who? Uh, what's his, um, Alex, Alex Ortiz. I kind of figured yep. he was coming. Yeah. Him. Um, I believe the not Cody or maybe it is Cody. Is it Cody and Kenny? Yep. Kenny. Kenny's already in pro, right? Yep. Yeah. So I, I think Cody's thinking about it. He's not sure yet. He's on the fence about it. And then I want to say another writer said he was going to as well, but it wasn't, um, Braxton. It was somebody else. I wonder who that is. Yeah. And they have that women's pro class now too. So there's going to be, are they racing with us as well? I don't think so. I think they're going to do the women's pro race on Saturday. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, I think that's outstanding. Uh, You're going to have the same three gals, uh, you know, real realistically, Mm -hmm. but they'll you know get a little bit of payback get some endorsement for being professional you know yeah and it'll let people in the class that they're leaving move up and and i think that's one of the reasons the biggest reason to do it is to give it a progression ladder Mm -hmm. you know so that you can have the move up you know you win the a class you know you win it i think two years and then eh, you gotta go Mm -hmm. is hunter is a hunter Hart coming back do you know i Seen him. He posted a couple times with his squad and still had the works numbers on him. Um, I think he wants to come back. He's just going to have to feel it out. Um, mm-hmm. I believe that he's going to go to the wider setup. I think Mark is going to talk him into that if mm-hmm. he hasn't already. I think I I think I overheard him say I'm coming back with a wider setup. Yeah. Uh, Walker Fowler still wants to come out. I know that Joel wants to come out and race Mesquite or Havasu or something a race like that. Uh, just to prove to everybody that he can do it, mm-hmm. which I think is great. Hey, you know, yeah, more uh, the merrier. Well, you know, I mean, he got some internet grief that I don't think is a hundred percent justifiable. Um, he came, he raced the race that was there, the track that was there, and he mm-hmm. won. Yeah, 
but it doesn't matter that it was a shorter race. It doesn't matter that it was, it was a better suited track for him. But um, I think it was you that said on the race recap that if I'm going to go back there and race, I'm going to race the course that suits me, not the course that suits them because yeah, uh, why do I want to go back and run into a tree and freaking not be able to finish? Exactly. I ride this stuff. He rides that stuff. I mean, right. Right. You know, I mean, so, so I think that, uh, the internet trolls that, that got him, mm-hmm. um, and anybody wants to reach out and talk to me about it. They're more than glad to, um, it, it, it wasn't justified. The guy came out and did what he was supposed to do. He's a phenomenal fast rider. Uh, he's got mad skill set, and, um, with the help of the ATV crowd from works, he got his bike dialed in. Bo even helped him. Yeah. And I brought him some parts over and they just went out and had a great time and, and raced and, and did their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I think uh, uh, PEP tuning tuned his bike to, you know, to help make it run a little better uh, for our environment versus their environment. And, uh, you know, knock it out of the park. It's great. You know, that's yeah. what you need is, is more guys like that to come out. No, was I bummed that he whooped up on us? Well, hindsight being 2020 we change your package around a little bit maybe you're running closer to bow and maybe you're pushing bow you know maybe uh mike doesn't crash he or lose a chain then you know maybe he's there jacob stevens was in third at one point not too far back maybe he could have had a better race you know glenn helen for the atv crowd was a bad race yeah you know bow's the only one that had a decent race, you know, other than Joel, obviously. So. It, I'd, it, love, huh? I'd love to throw a skinny setup on the quad and go try some tree racing. I like you. So no, we're not going to go do that. <laughs> um, no, I'd love to, too, really realistically. Yeah. You know, um, because we don't go to that world. Yeah. I do the full tour, do the bike race and the quad race. It'd be fun. Uh, I would, I'd love to go to Iron Man. That wouldn't that be awesome? Mm-hmm. It's a little the videos bit. Videos look crazy. It's a little wider. It's a little faster. You know, and and to go back and honor Bob Sloan by racing that race because mm-hmm. Bob Sloan, I don't know if you know his history, but he was uh, just an awesome guy and just more tenacity in racing than you know. If you talk to the old school guys, even some of the young guys that know of him, that's mm-hmm. not the guy they would ever want to race with because that guy will hunt you down one way or another and pass you, you know, and if he can't pass you, he's right there. So if you bobble, he's going by. Yep. Um, uh, and I, maybe I'm embellishing a little, maybe I'm not, but the uh, Bob Sloan I knew was just an amazing guy. And um, so he deserves to have that race named after him. That's cool. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, working something like that out, you know, putting a cost country setup on there, get a couple guys together. I know that a group went back and raced the motocross races, and that wouldn't be a bad deal to go do either, to go try yeah. it. Go to Loretta's? Yeah, what are you? You're 26? 27. Yeah, you could run in the 25 class. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be a, it would be a lot of fun for you. It would be a, a definite learning curve. Yeah. Have have you been? Go ahead. That'd be like a moto setup, wouldn't it? Totally. Change the suspension up a little bit. Change the shocks. uh, Do a little bit of different stuff on the chassis to maybe lighten it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. You don't want. You don't need it to be so bulletproof. You know, I mean, when we're racing off road, if you hit a if you hit a rock at seventy miles an hour with the stuff we have on the machine right now, it you know, bounces off and you keep going, you're not going to hit a rock at 70 miles an hour in a motocross track. Mm -hmm. So I don't need that big, heavy sprocket guard or that big, heavy rotor guard, or, you know, some of the things we run, we can just go back to a normal setup and lighten the bike up a little bit so that you can get a little freer with it. You know, you'd have to ride. Yeah. You have to ride with some little tires to get used to that. The little tires are always a good time. Oh yeah. It turns way better. You know, there's just so many cool things that can happen. Mm-hmm. 
So we have a you have a big you have a big weight to carry now with that number three. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Sloan's gonna be tough, Bo's gonna be tough. Mm-hmm. You know, feel the guys behind you. Um if you have to give a if you had to make a bold prediction, what do you what do you what's your prediction for next year? I think uh my prediction being a little bold is I'm gonna be a contender for that number one plate. I want to take it from Bo, even though we're good buddies, but got to give him some hard time and make it hard for him. Can't let him just have it. I agree. I agree. Um, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. You know, fighting for the number one, that's what, uh, what you're all there for. You know? Yeah. If we're not going to go to win the race, why are we going? Exactly. Right. Only looking forward. Exactly. Um, have you gotten to rid, rid, rid? Have you gotten to ride any other brand of of ATV other than the Honda? No, I've never ridden any other ones. Wow, I've sat on Logans, but that's about it. What'd you think of it when you sat on it? It was pretty comfortable. The seat was nice, but you never got to ride it. Mm-mm. Doesn't he ride a girl throttle, a thumb? Yeah, have to put a twist throttle on there for you. Yeah, I've tried I tried the thumb throttle um when I first rode one of low profiles quads and I could do like three laps and I was I couldn't even feel my thumb anymore. Do you think you had the same control with the thumb as you did the the do the twist? As far I as didn't, you know, I didn't think I did. Not not a confident one, at least. I it was fine. It was actually pretty fun in the corners because you could just whap it real quick and like kind of control the drift with your thumb throttle, but um, like through whoops and everything, I felt like it was easier to whiskey. <laughs> Hit it to win it, right? Yeah. Especially when my hands started getting numb, I couldn't tell if I was holding it or not. Oh, that's too funny. And that, <laughs> Well, you're riding a Honda with a big old slide and a heavy spring in it. I mean, it can lighten it up a little with a little softer spring, but mm-hmm. it's still got that heavy slide in it. Yeah. I'm sure the thumb throttle on the Yamaha is a little bit easier. I noticed when you were I were talking quite a bit, you always like the you always like the lighter twist on the throttle. Mm-hmm. Um, is that come from the fact that your motorcycle only has a flapper valve versus the slide on the quad? I think so because I haven't had I haven't ridden a carbureted dirt bike in forever. I feel I think 2010 was when I got fuel injection and I haven't gone back since. So coming back to the carburetor, that twist just feels like it's real heavy. Did you notice a big difference between going from carburetion to fuel injection? Yeah. It's that like the lighter pull on the fuel injection and then uh, fuel injection is a little more peppy, but then it's hard to go back and forth from like when I, at prim, I felt like the quad, was real slow because i got off the bike i was like dang this thing's taking forever to keep get going but there's such a big weight difference and power to weight ratio is way off so getting off of that it's different but um how long did it take you to get get ready to to, to get comfortable it was probably halfway through the first lap and i was fine so what happened in the second turn Bo had that inside on me and was pushing me out to that soft stuff. So I kind of, instead of getting sucked up and then maybe losing even more positions, I cut back down underneath. Yeah. You cut down behind Josh Merritt because Josh Merritt ended up in second Mm -hmm. right there. Yeah. Somebody commented, Hey, what are we going to do on the starts to get the starts? And I go, dude, he ran wheel to wheel with him all the way down to the second turn. Yep. I ended up getting the whole shot. So yeah, you got the whole shot. So yeah, you had two whole shots in 2021, right? Yep. Yeah, that was cool. Ripped a good one at Iron Mine. Just bike started like halfway through the kick, and I was gone. Well, you started pretty quick. Um, you Bo and I think it was Merritt mm-hmm. going into the first turn. Uh, Jacob yeah. Stevenson wasn't that far behind you either. Yeah, he was right there. And then who was uh? Was that Hunter in the inside that kind of bow squeezed out? Uh, might have been. I think might've so. Been. 
He's he's got a white quad, doesn't he? Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't that far off either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched that. I normally, once you guys leave the line, I normally walk away. Mm-hmm. I watched all the way to that second turn, and I didn't know who was the who was on the blue quad. Mm-hmm. And when you came back into the where the K rails are, the dust from everybody taking the long line. You made it impossible to see anything. Yeah. That part, I was just sitting there behind those two stuck on the K-Rail. I'm like, come on, come on. One of you guys move. I was like, there another line that you could have took? No, because I was already into that like little straightaway part, but I was far enough back where I could take left or right still, whoever moved first. But I didn't cre- – I can't go backwards on the course or I'd get disqualified. So I just had to sit there and wait, and I'm like, watching people go to the side of me. I'm like, come on, come on, come on. Try to, I just, that was another incident where I just had to stay patient instead of like bumping the back of one of them. And then me trying to get over the K rail from a foot away from it or whatever. So I'm glad I got, I stayed patient right there and just kind of waited for Bo to get over. And then I popped over and ended up passing. If that was Jeremy and passing him over the K rail and then grabbed on the back of Bo's bumper and tried to hold on for as long as I could. Do you watch the lines in front of you? Like, if you get Bo in front of you, do mm-hmm. you watch his lines? Are you trying to emulate anything that he does? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm this. If I'm behind you, I'm definitely learning from you because you're in front of me for a reason. So I, even if he's a little bit too far where I can't keep an eye on him, I'll look at the dirt for fresh tracks to kind of see where he was breaking, where he was setting up, and then I could kind of mimic that and i'm like wow that felt real good and and kind of get a flow like that and see kind of see the difference into what i would want to do and then what he's doing on the track how much difference is there in the line choice it's uh not too different but there is some instances where like he might cut a corner that sets him up for the next corner that i might not see that line and but then if i see him take it then i'll try it and then i'll be like oh like that was pretty good because there's some ways like the dirt bikes I don't cut down too often um, if the corner is real slick on the bottom, but the quads, you could just cut right through that stuff because I mean, the quads like that hard pack. Well, it's easier to manipulate with body English and throttle control. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the two-wheeler guy, you know, you, you go into the corner wrong and you're going to, you're going to soil sample. Yep. That's why my elbows look dirty all the time. It's just a bunch of scars. <laughs> <laughs> no you're supposed to tell everybody yeah i get so low in the turns i my elbow drags and you know yeah yeah dragging hand and stuff it's it's all fancy stuff right exactly (laughs) travis thank you so much for coming on atv talk and sitting down with me and uh, giving me some of your evening i know poor hannah has to put up with racing and and then and then me uh (laughs) your time here so make sure you tell her i said thank you so much no problem. If she's not used to it by now, then she's got something going on. <laughs> you guys have been there a long time, huh? Yeah, it's been a minute. Uh, been a minute, huh? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we're going to be 10 years next year. Wow. So you guys were high school sweethearts? Well, I was already graduated, but she was in high school. <laughs> that sounds bad. Uh, we just won't go there. Her parents didn't like it. We'll just, we'll just leave it at that. Right, right. <laughs> uh, you did most of your racing. You told me that you raced a lot when you were younger back east. Yeah. But you you came out to the West Coast. Um, did you find works initially or did you try moto? No, I was a strictly moto as a kid. I um, grew up or I was born in SoCal and then we raced like LACR stuff like that and then we lived back east and I did all like the New England regional championships and some um east coast series like that and it was all moto and when we moved back out here I uh money got tight with my family and stuff so I didn't really race till after I graduated and got a job and I was and I was like just itching to race again so I saved up some money and got a bike again and started racing moto and then the um owners of the local track here said hey we'll pay your race entries if you start coming to the works races with us and they helped me out getting me into that and then i ended up liking the off-road 
and just slowly it was like I wanted to do both at the same time and then I ended up just doing off-road full-time how did you meet Randy I met him on my first I think it was the first race at works that I did it was in Taft that's when Taft was the first round and uh we parked in the same like circle of like motorhomes or whatever and I met his son Dane at the like around the fire at night and stuff and we were hanging out and then it was like the whole weekend me and Dane were messing around on pit bikes we were those kids doing wheelies on pit bikes taking off riding where we shouldn't be and then uh the people I was going to the race with ended up having an injury and they couldn't go to the races and Randy offered to take me. And then ever since then we've been racing together and hanging out and then I ended up working for them and now they're like family. How long you been working for him? Been working for him for about eight years now. And you're a foreman? Yeah. Oh, you're a young foreman too, aren't you? Yeah. The youngest one he's had. <laughs> really yeah Did you get much friction from the older guys yeah they give me shit but i'll give it right back to them really that's pretty good that's quite an accomplishment all in itself just mm-hmm. foreman and racing dirt bikes and quads yeah it's a lot to juggle but we get it done and it's all smiles well that's awesome that's mm-hmm. awesome uh travis you and I will be in contact and uh, thank you for coming on ATV talk. And you know that I'll have you back. Thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure, brother. The team here at ATV talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATV talk podcast.com. San Diego's body evolution and wellness center with over 17 years experience. Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We feel winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.